0: Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then, let's get started.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode number 32 of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I am your co-host, Joe Curry, with my co-host, Lindsay Wilson. How are you, Lindsay? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So this is while well, not the first episode of the year for our listeners, it's the first episode of the year we are recording in 2023, so Happy New Year.
2: Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody.
1: Any big, exciting plans or anything on the agenda for 2023, Lindsay?
2: Just what I hope is to be continued growth and challenges. I think that's my my goal this year is to, to challenge myself.
1: Perfect. I'm just thinking ahead to tomorrow morning when my wife, Ashley, and I get on a plane to go to Whistler. So that'll be our first time away together in well over a year. So that's as far as I'm looking.
2: <laughs> that'll be great. It'll be, And I, I'm sure you'll be blessed with tons of snow.
1: It's, it looks like it. But anyway, on to our, uh, our topic for today. I thought it would be fun, fun for me anyway, fun <laughs> to talk about some of the uh, recent research by Morningstar on the safe withdrawal rate. So they put out an article in December of 2022, it just passed. And basically every year, what they do is they go in, they do their own research and plug in their own data to come up with what they think is the safe withdrawal rate. So in other words, the amount of money you can take out of your portfolio as a percentage increasing with inflation and not run out of money for 30 years. That's the gist of the base case. And we'll we'll get into it in our episode today. But it is an interesting topic, especially when people see that number, which this year is 3.8%. And when we put that in perspective, so if you have a a million dollar portfolio and you want to make sure you don't run out of money and you're not making any adjustments, it means that that will generate $38,000 of annual before tax income. But it also leads into a bunch of the risks that come along with retirement. And so in today's show, we do reference our top five retirement risks white paper. And so if you have not seen that and you don't know what those risks are, you need to get that because... You can't plan for what you don't know. So, Lindsay, where can people find that?
2: Right. So if they just enter in associatesca slash top five retirement risks, that'll take them to the page where they can download a copy of our guide about the top
1: five retirement risks. Perfect. So make sure you do that. Lindsay, any final thoughts before we jump into this?
2: This is just a great article that breaks things down really well. And I think you do a great job at explaining and, and fleshing out in a little more detail whether someone uh, can survive on 3.8% from their $1 million retirement portfolio.
1: Okay, and the spoiler alert is most people will be able to take out a little bit more than that. So let's <laughs> let's jump into it. Excited to uh, talk today about some of the, the new research on safe withdrawal rates from Morningstar.
2: That's right. We're building upon our earlier podcast, Do I Need $1 Million to Retire? Today, we're gonna look at does my $1 million retirement portfolio only support 38,000 of annual income per that Morningstar article that we'll discuss.
1: Yeah, so the the point there being the safe withdrawal rate according to Morningstar for the upcoming year is 3.8%. So meaning if you have a $1 million dollar portfolio and you don't want to run out of money over a 30-year retirement period, then you technically would only be able to take out $38,000 per year increasing with inflation. Right.
2: So I thought it might be worthwhile, you know, in reading it over, if we kind of broke it down and looked at it piece by piece. So one of the questions that I had is, you know, some of us may have heard of or run into the term sequence of returns risk. Could you explain for those of us new to the term or unsure of what it means, what that is?
1: Yeah, so we, uh, I mean, we've done it in, I think, an entire episode on sequence of return risk. If anyone wants to dive back into that, in the show notes, we'll also put our white paper on top five retirement risks where you can take a deeper dive on that. So give you that the high level, really what it means is we don't know when we're going to get good returns or bad returns. And so if we want to have a withdrawal kind of starting amount in our portfolio that accounts for whether we get good returns early on, or we get good returns later on, we need to figure out what's the kind of that safe withdrawal number. And that's what Morningstar is trying to show us here. So, the rule of thumb around this, Bill Bangan did some research on this, and it's kind of well known around the industry that 4% is kind of known as that safe withdrawal number, the rule of thumb. And then Morningstar is just taking that research and going a little further. But again, the whole idea is to try to take into account sequence of return risk because we might know there's a pretty good chance returns are going to be on average higher than 3.8% over the next 30 years. For a, say a balanced portfolio, but again, if all the bad returns come in the early years, then there might not be anything left for the later years when uh, everything averages out.
2: Right. So just going back again to that three point point eight percent that you were talking about, can you compare last year's findings, which was three point three percent, against this year's, which is three point eight? Specifically, what do you think is behind the difference in the withdrawal rates?
1: Yeah. So in the article, they talk uh, that you know they give some details on that, but from a high level, really. There's two things going on there. If we think back, Lindsay, to last year where interest rates were compared to where they are today, they were a lot lower, right? So the outlook for anyone holding bonds in their portfolio, like that expected interest was a lot lower because interest rates were a lot lower. So this year, interest rates have gone up over the past year pretty significantly. So that gives us a higher expected return going forward for our bonds, that, that interest. And for stocks valuations, and I think we're going to talk about this probably in a few minutes, but valuations were pretty high. So stocks have been doing really well for a pretty, really long time. And uh, companies were trading at really high levels. But those levels have come down as, you know, the market took a, a hit last year. So now that we have uh, lower stock prices, the expected returns for stocks have also gone up. So that's why we could expect someone starting today to be able to take a, a higher initial Withdrawal rate out of their portfolio for retirement than someone who started last year,
2: right? Something I'm I'm curious about too is flexible strategies, and, and when it comes specifically when it comes to retirement portfolio management, what some of those flexible strategies might be to help people plan their retirement.
1: Yeah, so the safe withdrawal rate is not very flexible. <laughs> it's just picking a number to start with and adjusting it with inflation. But I think we'll go a, lo- a little later on our our talk here, we'll talk about dynamic strategies, but just some flexibility. It could be things where, you know, you don't increase your portfolio withdrawals when it's a a negative year. So we don't keep up with inflation when the portfolio didn't increase in value, or maybe it's just slightly decreasing the amount you're taking if your portfolio way down. I I guess it's just, it's not being stuck to a, a hard, fast amount you have to take out every year. And so the reason they talk a bit about that is, If you're able to accept the trade-offs of not adjusting with inflation every year on your income, then it's probably going to allow you to have a little bit higher initial withdrawal rate. And I I think when they said just some of those minor trade-offs, specifically one where we just don't increase with uh, inflation in, in a negative year, I think that got the safe withdrawal rate up just above 4%. Right.
2: One thing in, in reading it that I thought you know was important to touch on is Morningstar used a base case to test out their hypothesis using a fifty percent stock and fifty percent bond portfolio with a thirty-year time horizon with someone who wants a ninety percent probability of not outliving his or her money. Now they feel their research based on this case, which also factored in higher inflation adjustments, demonstrated that retirees embarking on retirement today could use a higher starting withdrawal rate than last year. Now. In looking at this case, can you give us your thoughts on Morningstar's base case and whether you feel that this case and conclusion is accurate?
1: Yeah. So I think it's accurate based on the inputs they view. So I guess the question might be, is it relevant? And so for most people, they're probably not going to start by looking at the safe withdrawal rate. And that's kind of where we had that question at the start is my million dollar portfolio only to generate $38,000 of income, right? And the answer is for most people, it's probably not relevant. There's a, you know, a lot of different factors that go into spending in retirement. And uh, again, we might talk a little bit more about this as we go through the article, but a lot of people spend more money earlier in retirement than they do later in retirement. So that might affect what your I guess your starting withdrawal rate might be, like it might make sense to take out more early on, knowing you can reduce that later on, or maybe you're not going to keep up with inflation. And then there's other strategies you can put in place, right? So you could, you know, we could talk about dynamic distributions, so it's a good starting point to, I think, put in perspective to people kind of what they can expect their portfolio to generate. And that is kind of the, the lower, like you said, the base case. And I guess maybe the other piece is they're also inputting information into the reports they're running and the computer models they're using from scenarios that have never happened before. So they're, they're being ultra conservative on that too. So I think it's a really good starting point, but I don't know that that number specifically is going to be relevant for most people starting to plan a retirement.
2: Right. and something that we, we touched on a little bit earlier, and we'll move into what those alternative withdrawal systems are, those dynamic withdrawal systems. And could you speak a, a bit about the caveat specifically uh, that portfolio values have declined and what this might mean for someone retiring today as opposed to a year ago?
1: Yeah, well, let's just specifically on that last point you just made, Lindsay. It sounds like, okay, if I'm retiring this year, I can take 3.8%, where someone retiring last year could only take 3.3%. While that would be accurate based on this information, what we also need to remember is the person retiring this year, their portfolio has probably taken a hit over the last year. So they're probably starting with less than maybe they would have if they retired a year earlier. And additionally, we know inflation... Has been the highest we've seen in like forty years. So not only has a portfolio probably taken a hit, but the cost of everything is higher, and so they need to take a higher amount out of that portfolio. So I wouldn't say they're necessarily in a, a better position to be able to take three point eight percent instead of the three point three percent from last year. It, I'd say it's probably it's all it's all relative, right? And that's why last year someone would only have been able to again going by the, this data taken three point three percent because their portfolio at that point had lower interest rates expected going forward. Again, the valuations were higher on stocks. So this year we've seen kind of why it was a lower expectation because of the potential bad sequence of returns like we talked about earlier that could happen, that did happen in the past year.
2: And one of the things I think they they touch on but maybe don't account for is uh, looking at the reality of how many retirees actually spend during retirement. And, we, you know, it makes me think of the go-go years, the slow-go and, and no-go years as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. So they mentioned David Blanchett, uh, who he used to work with uh, Morningstar, his kind of research around retirement spending. And so, and I think he's referred to in the past as the retirement spending smile. So you, the way you explain it makes, uh, it is one way of looking at it. And another way to talk to retirement spending smile is spending more money early on in retirement because we're traveling, we're able to get out, be active, engaging in our hobbies. Uh, and then that starts to drift downwards over time. So it's not always that we see the spending specifically go down. It's just not going up with inflation, right? So relative spending is going down, and that's because they're not as active at home more. Maybe still healthy, but just don't have the same amount of energy to get out and do things, travel, that kind of stuff. But the the other side of the smile piece is, you know, maybe that does trend upwards later on with uh, healthcare costs as an example. So, but anyway, overall, the research suggests that people aren't typically keeping up with inflation and their spending throughout their whole retirement. And so Morningstar, like some of this research they did, is they actually just reduced inflation by 1% below their expected inflation in the base case to see what that meant. And I believe when they ran it like that, it actually bumped up the safe withdrawal rate to about 4.3%.
2: Now, I'd like to take a look now at dynamic withdrawal systems. Similar to what we use here, could you maybe explain what they are, or what did Morningstar's research show?
1: Sure. Yeah. And again, we've talked a lot about the different type of retirement income strategies, dynamic withdrawals being our favorite, specifically the guardrails. So I was really happy that they included the guardrails in some of the research. But basically, what it means is, just that we think of the word dynamic, right? It it means that I guess we're we we can move and we can adjust based on the circumstances. So. The guardrails, essentially what they're doing is when things are going better than expected, we can actually withdraw more from our portfolio, right? When things are going the way we've expected, we continue to take the same amount of money out of the portfolio, increasing with inflation. But when things are worse than expected, we have a plan for when we need to reduce the amount we're taking out of the portfolio. And so having that plan in place, what it does is it really allows us to help our clients take more money out early in retirement. Like we talked about when they want to spend more money because they're traveling and do you know, those other things. So it, it helps us allow them to do that, knowing that there's a plan to make sure they don't run out of money. Right. And naturally what will you know likely happen over time and following that plan is that the amount of money they can spend over time will go down, but it's okay because they're not spending as much later on. And again, If things are going really well, it just allows them to live life to the fullest without sticking to that safe withdrawal rate. Because one of the problems with the safe withdrawal rate, if you want to call it a problem, is that it is a problem if you're not doing all the things you want to do. And that is, in most cases, you're going to do a lot better than just run out of money at the end of retirement if you're following that safe withdrawal rate. And in fact, you may be two or three times what you started retirement at as far as how much is left in your portfolio, because it's a really conservative money or number to make sure you don't run out of money. Right. But it's kind of looking at like the worst case scenario. So, with the guardrails, there's again a plan in there to tell you when it's okay to go ahead, spend more money, enjoy life while you still can.
2: Right. And another dimension specifically that that Morningstar looks at or uh, uh, touches on are leftover assets, which is a factor that's important to bequest minded adults.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, I, this is kind of a, a perfect segue from what I was just talking about. And that is so the safe withdrawal is great. So, if the goal is purely leave as much money as we possibly can to the kids or charity, then the safe withdrawal rate is great because it means you know you're not going to run out of money and you're more than likely increasing the value of what's going to be left over for the next generation or charity or whatever it is. So if that's your goal, that's great. But if your goal is to spend the most money possible, then you probably want a different strategy. And so... Again, going back to the the guardrails, it's kind of the perfect strategy because it does two things. One is it allows you to kind of live life to the fullest, meaning that if the portfolio is doing well, you know when, and you have a plan for when you can spend more money. The flip side is though, you're not going to run out of money because you'll just keep hitting the lower guardrail and you'll have to keep adjusting the amount of money you can take out of the portfolio. So you're going to have something left at the end of the day right? But it's probably going to be less than the safe withdrawal rate and somewhere between zero and the safe withdrawal rate outcome. So it's a good trade-off between making sure there's something left for the next generation, but really allowing you to maximize life today. And then, you know, I guess the other thing would be someone who's just running a, like a straight forecast, trying to guess, you know, if I have an average rate of return of 5%, how much can I spend and run out of money at 90 Maybe you get it right, but the problem is the day after you have that plan, everything's already changed. So in that case, you you could do really well and have a lot of money left over, but you also could run out of money before you actually pass away, right? So talking about longevity risks there. So they were just kind of looking at those different situations. And yeah, the safe withdrawal is going to leave the most amount of money. The dynamic options, like specifically the guardrails, is just kind of like the medium to lower amount of money left over. Again, that's because it's allowing. The individual whoever's following that plan to spend more money up front
2: right now just before we started recording we were having a conversation about a recent situation with prospective client who this might be relevant to and i wonder if you in our, in our own way want to chat a bit about that specific case
1: yeah sure so um of course as my friend mike would say all our clients are named bob and sue so uh <laughs> we're talking to prospective clients bob and sue so they uh, you know recently came into a lump sum of money. had a retirement through the uh, liquidation of their business. So now they're trying to figure out their retirement plan, how they're gonna make sure they can you know live out all their goals and dreams, and also you know not run out of money. And so they're talking to a couple of people, so they're talking to us. so you know we're doing our retirement planning for them as well. And also one of the big banks, everyone in Canada would recognize while holding their money from the sale of the business also approached them and put together a proposal. And so some of the, the issues that I see over and over again with some retirement proposals is that they're not taking into account that sequence of return risk, Lindsay, we talked about, right? So we know what the safe withdrawal rate is. So we just want to make sure we don't run out of money and we're not going to plan to make any adjustments along the way then we really should be looking to be close to that sequence of return risk. Now, in this case, the plan was suggesting that they could be taking out between six and 7% of the portfolio and increasing with inflation, and they wouldn't run out of money until age 90. So if everything works out exactly the way they put it into the software, the inflation is exactly what they put in the software, that flat rate of return, which they used of 5%, it doesn't change and they get that every single year. And they pass away by age ninety, then everything works out fine. But the problem is, <laughs> there's a reason there's a safe withdrawal number, and that is if they want to make sure they don't run out of money within, say, the next thirty years, which is about that what that timeline is, then they shouldn't be taking six to seven percent of the portfolio, right? So this is where the dynamic strategies come in. If they want to maximize that spending, then there should be some kind of a plan for okay, we're going to take more money than the safe withdrawal rate, but how do we know when we're going to adjust, right? What's the plan to adjust so that we don't run out of money before we run out of life? And the flip side is, you know, if they want to spend this money, that's great. And if the portfolio is doing really well and they can spend more money, that's great. But again, how do they know there's enough there that they can spend some more money? So uh, just the whole idea of the safe withdrawal rate, again, that's why I say it's a it's a really good starting point, not necessarily relevant for most people once you actually get into the planning. But if we're just planning to adjust with inflation and keep it going for 30 years, then that's where the safe withdrawal rate really should come in. So in this scenario, the client needs to have a plan for how they're going to adjust or they need to take less out than what's projected there. I mentioned that because that was kind of my first thought when I saw the safe withdrawal rate after having just looked at that, that other plan showing almost double the safe withdrawal rate
2: right? Well, that, I think that um, that gives some food for thought for the, that Morningstar article and that 3.8% rate that they give us.
1: Yeah. So it's a pretty low number, I think, compared to what most people expect they can get. Because, I mean, right now, if you bought a, a GIC at 5%, like you're like thinking you could take a lot more money out, right? But it's all relative to inflation as well. There's a lot of other factors that come into play. So I guess the moral of the story is you need a plan.
2: (laughs) Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Building to a great retirement requires a great plan. That is for sure.
1: You got it. But anyway, this has been fun, Lindsay. I know we're kind of got into the weeds a little bit in some of this data, but we'll also include a link to the article from Morningstar in the show notes. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Lindsay.
2: Thank you. Investment services are provided through Matthews and Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews and Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews and Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations.
0: Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.